Hi, I'm Todd Nathanson. And I'm Danny Roth. This is Song vs. Song, which uh, will have normal service continuing uninterrupted during the apocalypse. Today, we are doing Jesse's Girl versus My Best Friend's Girl. It's the Battle of the Ricks. <laughs> it's a, a Rick-off. Yeah, it's like that uh, one episode of Rick and Morty, just Ricks as far as uh, the eye can see. If by that you mean two Ricks. It is Rick Ocasek, one of the singers of the Cars and the singer of this song, versus Rick Springfield, legendary uh, Australian soap star and cartoon character. <laughs> All right. Uh, which which is your pick of the two Jealous Bitches songs? Um, Jesse's Girl. Why Jesse's Girl? That is a good question, and I feel that we're going to have to spend the rest of this episode unpacking why it is that of the two Ricks, <laughs> I picked Rick Springfield over Rick Ocasek, which is uh, not where I thought I was going to go. Because one of, you know, one of these is like beloved producer, one of the greatest songwriters of all time. Uh, and the other one is Rick Springfield. <laughs> General Hospital star Rick Springfield. Yes. Um, star of General Hospital, star of Battlestar Galactica and Incredible Hulk and Wonder <laughs> Woman and uh, a lot to unpack there. But yes, uh, of these two songs, my gut instinct is Jesse's Girl. And I feel weird about it. And I don't mean that as an as an insult to Rick Springfield. It's just that we're doing a podcast about songs. At least one of us is a music snob. Uh, yeah. And the other one of us at least thought of themselves as being an, a music snob in the mid-2000s. And uh, it's weird to pick Rick Springfield over Rick Ocasek. Yeah, uh, the Cars got into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame a couple years ago. They did. I didn't think it was going to happen because they, I don't know, they're either too hipster or too mainstream, I thought, for that. But regardless, they have a very good reputation, the cars do. They do. Well, Enrico Kazik does in general. But also, Rick had said that he didn't care if they ever got in. In fact, there's an interview of him from the Colbert Report mm -hmm. wherein um, Stephen Colbert asks him, why it is that uh, he was like, why are you guys not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Uh, were you juicing? Was it all the steroids you guys are doing? Yeah, Rick Ocasek, all those muscles. Yeah, all so so Rick Ocasek, um, yeah, it said basically like if you want it, um, you can have it. If we get if we actually get in to the Hall of Fame and we get in a, like some kind of statue for it, I'll just give it to you. You can put it with all of your other statues that you like to have. <laughs> Well, regardless, the Cars are, you know, one of the best new wave bands, if that's what you want to call them, or the best whatever band, whatever genre they're in. They were one of the, the greats. And Rick Springfield was a pop star for a brief moment in time. I mean, he was, he was racking up quite a few hits over that first half of the 80s. Well, I was going to say, I mean, the thing to keep in mind about Rick Springfield is that, you know, he had been a musician, albeit a, not a terribly successful independent recording person for a long time before Jesse's girl came around. He had like maybe one other hit very early on in his solo career, but he also was reasonably successful with a band that he was in prior to that called Zoot, which was like an Australian band. And they did very well for themselves, you know, in their own scene. You know, it's, it's amazing. Cause like, I was like, I should find out some stuff about Rick Springfield because here in the year 2020, 
Rick Springfield means one thing, and that is Jesse's girl. That's true. And the thing, but the thing to note about him, what I think is really interesting is that his band, uh, Zoot, which is, I guess, like the, the first sort of thing that he really did with the group, was far more long lived and successful than the first band that Rick Ocasek was in, which is Milkwood, which has had one album that was, but which tanked. I did not know that, but yeah, Rick Springfield was like a teen idol for a short period in the 70s. Although he was a teen idol all through the 70s, just not a very successful one. And then in 1978, the Cars released their first album. It is fantastic. Every song on it is amazing. It includes the one we're talking about today, My Best Friend's Girl. And then just three years later, uh, Rick Springfield releases Jesse's Girl. This has got to be a, like considered a complete and total ripoff, doesn't it? I, it's really hard to say because, you know, I think that part of the conversation we're going to end up having is sort of what sets the two Ricks apart mm-hmm. and why they wrote these songs. Because I think that even though they are basically the same type of song but with the same subject. Yeah, same genre. I think that the 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 place in their heart that these songs occupies is very different. That what the reason that they were writing the songs is different lyrically. They're very different ultimately. And you know, I mean, like you could say that that, that Jesse's Girl is is a ripoff, except like these songs, these songs that are about um, a girl breaking up with you, or you know, why isn't that girl with me? It are like that's like the oldest song in the book. <laughs> You know what I mean? That's like the world's oldest profession, bitching about why it is that people won't date you. You know, you would think you would call these songs very sour or bitter songs. They don't feel like that to me, neither of them. Even Jesse's Girl, which is like real upfront with it. I think it, what's interesting is that you you brought these up and um, my brain went, oh man, which of these two songs am I going to pick? And then I, uh, I had a thought, and there's a thought that I think I've only had in one other episode, and it might be where we wind up which is that I might go third party. Oh, really? Yes, I have very strongly considered the Ross Perot response to this uh, <laughs> of going with uh, um, <clears throat> Joe Jackson's Is She Really Going Out With Him, which exists right in between the two. Yeah, 1979, I want to say. Yeah, that's a 1979 tune, and I'm like, oh, man, of those two songs, which one do I like the best? And the answer is, Is She Really Going Out With Him by Joe Jackson. I, I adore all three of these songs with all my heart. And uh, I really love the cards. They're like one of my favorite bands. I also went with Jesse's Girl, honestly. Holy shit. All right. So I feel like this episode is just going to be us trying to figure out why we why we did Rick Ocasek so dirty. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> when I when I really originally wasn't going to put this up for grabs because I, you know, I want these things to be even. And my first thought was like, well, I can't do that. That's that's going to be a blowout for Rick Springfield. And uh, Enough people were told me, he's like, no, what are you talking about? These are like entirely even matchups. I guess this is part of the thing is that um, the cars have so many hits, so many songs that I love Mm -hmm. that it feels like I don't feel like I've got to fight. Just on one level, I don't feel like I have to fight for my best friend's girl (laughs) because like if it loses this bout, um, the cars have got how many other songs that are so fucking good. However... What the fuck else does Rick Springfield have going musically? He had a number two hit with Don't Talk to Strangers, which is the only other Rick Springfield song I've ever heard in the wild. 
Yeah, I mean, he technically his his first solo hit was um, a song that he wrote for I think his his mother or something called "Speak to the Sky." Yeah, I was uh, actually just watching his behind the music, and uh, like apparently there were rumors going around that Columbia Records or Capitol Records, whoever it was, was juicing the stats and uh, shipping in people to buy his record to uh you know uh fake wait just his girl or speak to the sky speak to the sky in 1973 and that just like rumors were rolling around like the music industry and that kind of ruined his career for a good 10 years it's just it's it's a very unremarkable song that sounds right to me i'm not you know again i as we get into talking about rick springfield there's a lot there's a lot to say just you know like with almost every episode i feel like it really boils down to talking about the artists and while there are other members of the cars we're really this is really a conversation about two ricks it's between yeah. two ferns named rick uh so <laughs> it's funny they had the, the cars had another uh, lead singer uh benjamin Orr. i didn't know that for the longest time because the two of them sound exactly the same you could not mm. tell one from the other you they're not like john and paul like i think i think that rick okasik has has more of that buddy holly thing going oh yeah you got your nuclear boots. He's got a real weird singing style with like the stop start and the stutters and everything. But he didn't used to sound like that. That's that's another thing that's sort of interesting about him is that that's a, a, a style that he cultivated over the years because he didn't sound like that in any of the other bands that he was in up until that point. I think maybe if you're just like a stringy, gaunt guy who wears glasses, that's just the sound that comes out of your mouth. If you're Buddy Holly or if you're like Elvis Costello or Rick, uh, Rick Ocasek, that's the way you sound. I've been thinking about this for a while. So they kind of, as I had alluded to earlier, come from a, 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 a sort of in this one way similar background, which is that they'd had other bands um, mm-hmm. that they sort of started off with. They had people that they got along with. They worked with um, throughout and then eventually sort of found their own hits. But I think the difference between Rick Ocasek and Rick Springfield is that Rick Springfield is pretty. Oh God. I, I listened to um, working class dog, which is his first, his big album, 1981 Rick Springfield. And it absolutely sounds like the teen idol version of the cars. And what's interesting about that is that he, uh, Rick Springfield, that is did mm-hmm. not want to be that he didn't want that because there was there was some point in time in which uh, there was some talk of him kind of coming in and and being part of like the Partridge Partridge family or something because David Cassidy was leaving uh-huh. and all this sort of stuff. So yeah, like the whole idea of him coming from Australia to America, that whole conversation of him getting big was around this idea of him being like the kind of guy who'd be on the cover of Tiger Beat. That was his thing, except he didn't really want it exactly. And then a very weird thing happened. And uh, and that thing is the exorcist. Oh, yes. This is this is so weird. I feel like I'm going to say things about Rick Springfield that suggest that I dislike Rick Springfield. And I don't. I don't know Rick Springfield, but he seems like a fine guy. And we'll get into stuff that he's done in, in, in his personal and professional life that I find very laudable. His stuff is fine. His stuff is absolutely fine. There, It's just not the cars, ex- except for those two songs we're talking about, I guess. Yeah, so he um, he came out to um, the States and part of the reason why he found success acting was because he 
became uh, acquainted with and then dated Linda Blair a few year, short years after Exorcist, like two years later. That would mean, if you wanted to know, and if you don't know, that Rick Springfield was 25, Linda Blair, 15. Really? Oh, shit. Yep. That can't be right. They dated for two years. Nope. I've, I have I have looked this up. That was that was it. They were ten years apart. And look, here's I'll, I'll say I'll say the following. I can't say anything about Rick Springfield, but I certainly I think if you're Linda Blair and you've suddenly been in this huge part of the public eye, and she had gone through so much because not just because of filming The Exorcist, which is a very um, enduring experience, but also you know that people hated that movie or loved that movie, and she was just all over the place. So I think if you're 15 and you're not in the public eye you're 15 but linda blair i'm sure perceived herself as being an adult because she was living an adult's life so i don't know like like rick springfield i don't i can't i can't look at his life and say what made him think that you know a 15 year old was was a was a person that one could date at 25 but i could certainly understand why a 15 year old linda blair would feel that she was mature enough and in fact to to their credit um, they are still friends. They still get along. They still do um, work well, protecting animals and stuff like that. They're like real animal caregivers, raise money to make sure that animals are not mistreated. Yeah, she was in that Behind the Music episode I was just watching, and she was very complimentary of uh, Mr. Springfield. So she got him into uh, into the acting. She gave, like I think he was doing it a little bit, but the reason that he definitely wound up doing like general hospital, which is one of the, I mean, he keeps going back to the well. I think, you know, you brought up general hospital, like Mm -hmm. it's this strange thing, but he was on general hospital for a while and then uh, came back to it and played, uh, I think eventually played himself, but he also played like, I think other things here and there. (laughs) He also played himself on a cartoon show in the, in the seventies. Yeah, but wow, he really, he was uh, Hammerman before Hammerman was Hammerman. He really was. Also, he wasn't that famous, so I don't, I don't know how this was supposed to work. So here is what I will say. Jesse's girl. Mm -hmm. I, it's so wild to me. I mean, I was way too young and you were not yet alive, but that it was a success at all is fascinating because he was a soap star. Don't you think that there must have been some kind of pushback? You know, in the in the behind the music episode, I was like, they they do say there's like, oh, he couldn't get played on the rock stations, even though that's a pretty solid rock song, because they they saw him as just like a pretty boy, as you know, a teen teen idol or just a you know a TV actor. He's trying to, you know, he's not the first TV actor to try and uh, get big. I mean, uh, Starsky from Starsky and Hutch was was also a singer for a while. Telly Savalas recorded some albums that were very bad. William we won't Shatner. be speaking ill of Telly Savalas on this podcast. <laughs> William Shatner, as I understand, and has come up in previous episodes, had a music career of sorts. Uh-huh. What? Yeah, believe it or not. Did you yeah. know this? I didn't. This is cra- This is wild. I feel like we should delve into this later in the podcast, perhaps. It's just an idea yeah. that I'm spitballing right now. We'll, uh, we'll think about it and come back to it later. But he, he's not, he's, he wasn't even the only actor on General Hospital to have a big hit. Oh, really? Who Who else? Some guy named Jack Wagner. I, I don't know who he was, but he had a, like a number two hit. And uh, another actor on that show also attempted a music career named John Stamos. Uh, <laughs> Jack Wagner isn't an act. That's not that's weird. Like, how is that a soap star's name? Jack Wagner is a porn star's name. 
I, I hear that, and I I only hear Soapstar, honestly. All right, Stamos now, might be a might be a one, porn star's name, w- though. W- once again, the I, I guess the call is coming from inside the house. That's that's, that's a problem with me. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll bring it up with with uh, with my therapist next week. But uh, all right, so uh, that's what we have with Rick Springfield. That's that's like the the thing that sort of leads up to him finding his hit. But Rick Ocasek had a had like. A rough life, like he had a he had a bad childhood. Like his father was sort of um, distant. His mother drank a lot, and uh, this is a thing that resonated with me, which I didn't know until today. Is that um, his first guitar? Um, his grandmother bought for him when he was fourteen. Aw, Todd, I don't know if you knew this, but my first guitar was also bought to bought for me by my grandmother when I was fourteen. Oh, so you you're just like Rick Ocasek. We're the same guy, basically, same person. Um, if I had not started to, to, to chunk out and uh, do podcasts <laughs> instead of being an actual artist, yeah, we're ex- other than that, we're exactly the same. And also, I, he's mean, dead, I, mean, not. I mean, you're not a big guy either, but like you're not nearly as stringy as Rick Ocasek. I, I used to be. I used to be. <laughs> all right. So, all right. So he, um, he was in um, a number of bands, sort of like listening to a lot of like Nick Drake stuff. Um, he was, yeah, like I said, he was in this band called Milkwood that had one album that was extremely unsuccessful and he was very destitute. And eventually, eventually he got to be in the cars. And that was sort of like the, the first band where he had carved out a style that was very distinctly his. Whereas prior to that, he was definitely trying to be something else, I think. Yeah. Well, like I was reading, he's like, I was influenced by, you know, Nick Drake or Roxy Music. And I was like, the cars, really? Like, because they're a very, they, they feel like a very mainstream pop band to me. Really? Oh, I don't get that at all. Um, I mean, I suppose so. I mean, like, he's right. I mean, like, so Rick Ocasek has said on a number of occasions that, um, you know, he could write a car song in like five minutes. And that's why he didn't want to keep doing it. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that the... His lyrics are weird. That's one thing, especially if you're comparing these two songs. Well, you know, both these songs have a couple weird lyrics in them. I think, though, that of the two artists, Rick Ocasek has a tendency to write weird stuff. And also, I think it's funny that apparently Jesse's Girl, the music video, uh-huh. uh, was storyboarded by Rick Springfield. <laughs> he was very serious about it and I was like he's just he's just wearing a suit playing the guitar and then he 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 punches a mirror out with the, with the with the front of his guitar. That's it. The the working class dog is in that video, right? Uh yes, at the at the very end, which is really weird. Like if you didn't know, you know, I think that if you just watched that now and had no idea, you would just be like why the fuck is there a dog in a movie theater with two other people? A dog in a suit? Yeah. It's really weird, um, but yeah, it's a, yes, it's the working class dog from from the 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 title of the album. But uh, I think it's interesting that he was doing that and has talked about how that music video was the only one that he had control over. Meanwhile, the cars, the cars were there, great. There's no official music video for this song, but they no. are really known for that. They're really known for their music videos. Oh yeah, they were great video artists. Uh, if only, if only this album that they made had come out a little later. If the car self-titled had come out during the MTV era, it would have been fantastic. I can only imagine. 
Yeah. I think it's interesting though that um like wow man, Rico Kasich, what an interesting guy. Because he must have enjoyed it to a degree making making those videos because they're so full of personality and very specifically his with the with the glasses and stuff, you know, you see them and like the whole style is very him. But um apparently there was a point in which his uh ex wife, his third ex wife, which I guess we'll talk about later had mm-hmm. said that he kept the um his the door to his studio open with his old MTV Moonman <laughs> from 1984 or yeah, he whatever. just used it as a doorstop you know it's weird i was like trying to figure out why i didn't think the cars would get into the rock hall of fame or why it took them so long cuz they were eligible for many years before they actually got in uh, a couple of years ago and i don't know there was just something a little not cool enough about them, I guess. They were they, like, I don't know a single thing about Rick Ocasek, except that he was married to like uh, a S- Sports Illustrated model. Uh, well, yeah, he was married three times, and yes, the the, the last of the three was was uh, was a well known model, and uh, and they didn't hurt for money because he made it. He made a, a good amount off of the cars, and she was, I mean, she was loaded. Uh, she yeah. was, she was, she was, she was a very successful supermodel, so she'd better be, but it's weird what I know about him. Like when you think of him, like, I guess arguably I think of the cars first, but don't you just think of him as being this hugely influential music producer? Isn't that his legacy? I, I know that he was very successful in making m- music for other people that sounded a lot like the cars. Yeah. Cause he had done. He did a No Doubt album. Um, Strokes. Yep. Yeah, he did. Uh, um, he did the last of the Latigra albums, which I was like, man. I think that like maybe people already knew this, or maybe you could infer it. But you know, for a guy who was writing um, pop music a lot, um, he always read his counterculture to me. But the idea of him and Kathleen Hanna working together, I was like, yeah, that feels right. <laughs> you know what I mean? That that feels yeah. correct to me. Like you could see him and the. The front runner of Bikini Kill, um, <laughs> being weirdly contemporaries, you know, being influenced by each other. So, yeah, I think that that's sort of the thing that I associate with him. And of course, I mean, the 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 band that I think he is most associated with is Weezer. Yes, he recorded, he produced Weezer's first album, the good one. He, he, he produced a number of their records, though. Yeah, the Green album also. Yeah. But I mean, the but the blue album is the one I think that you know. I mean, who knows that they if they would have ever been as big as they wound up being without the production of Rick Ocasek? Because it does. I mean, like that album sounds incredible, and I think a lot of it is 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 him. And I don't think that they would deny that. No, I I always think of the Cars first because I love the Cars so much. I know he had a second extremely successful career as a producer, but when when I think Rick Ocasek, I think of the Cars first and foremost because I love that band so much. But when you think of the cars, what's the first song you think of? Just what I needed. Uh, you and, know, that's it's there's I don't even know what the second place would be. I guess my best friend's girl. But maybe. The, and, but that's the thing. That's the fucking rub, man. That's because yeah. it's the same for me, too. So here's my here's my my thesis. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. This is this is my theory for why it is that I landed on Jesse's girl over mm-hmm. my over uh, my best friend's girl. It's because of the two guys, I think that Rick Springfield is the one that's more built towards doing a thing that's just a really basic, 
rocking song on the most simple old topic in rock music. Well, for me, what puts Jesse's Girl over the top is the the little uh, keyboard riff in between the chorus. Jesse's Girl. And it's, just, and it's it's so cheesy and it's so great. It's perfect. I mean, and that's, you know, and what's interesting about uh, My Best Friend's Girl, which um, once you hear it, you'll never unhear it, is mm-hmm. that it rips off a Beatles song. Oh, yeah. I was like, uh, which um, I it's will, I, right? That's I will. I don't know the lyrics to it, but. Yeah, it's well, it's specifically that lick that's. It's it's in both songs, virtually identical. And I believe, I believe that um, that the guitarist did not realize at the time when they had recorded it that he had uh, swiped uh, a McCartney uh, yeah. riff. I mean, you know, I mean, the thing about, I mean, Paul McCartney, especially like, you know, if you're if you're part of that generation, there's really no way it's just in your DNA. So it's going to it's going to slip out. So I'm not you know, I, I'm not sitting there going like this guy intentionally ripped it off. But Beatles already did it. Yep. That's it. Simpsons did it anyway. Remember, remember that. Remember that joke from South Park. I remember buried South Park. You're welcome, everybody. Now we can all go home and never think again. So look at Rick Springfield. Look at Rick Ocasek. This is this. I think is this is like the most telling story because it's not just that like Rick Springfield is um, a more let's say uh, camera favorable uh, face. <laughs> I think it's also just that Rick Ocasek is guarded right this is a thing that they talk about and we can we can sort of mention this now that um when he died he had very recently changed his will to take his soon-to-be ex-wife out of it entirely oh he basically really wrote yeah he changed his will to be like she betrayed me she gets nothing like he could be really cold-blooded and and there were people who uh knew him pretty well who said that in a way they felt like they never really knew him that he was, you know, the, you know, I think, he, you know, he kind of hid behind the glasses, so to speak. And that was sort of the way he was. And Rick Springfield is, I think, kind of the exact opposite. Because if you look him up, you'll see that in a lot of interviews that he gives, he's very open about things, right? He's a, he seems like a guy who really wears it on his sleeve. He has depression and he'll talk about his depression and he'll cry on camera and he's not, he doesn't seem to be afraid to do that. You know, I think, you know, my, my assumption is that he does it because he thinks, you know, that and, and, and rightly so that that being open about that stuff is helpful to other people that are going through similar problems. But, you know, yeah, he is oh. a very he is a very open, outspoken guy. And Rick Ocasek is a very guarded sort of quiet guy. Yeah. My best friend's girl, he said straight up, is not about anything that actually happened. It's just, you know, I'll, I'll write a song, a song about a, a girl, about losing your girl to your best friend. And uh, Rick Springfield said, yes, I did have a crush on a, a friend's girlfriend. And no, it was, it, was, uh, it that, was some guy. Like he went well, to like some a, guy's like a, friend. He went yeah. to like a pottery class or something. It was a stained glass class, which I don't even know what that is. Like I, You're making stained glass. What's to know? What's to know, baby? What's to know? Uh, yeah, no, yeah, he went to a stained glass class and there was a guy there with his girlfriend and he just really was sweet on the girl and, and he wrote a song about being frustrated. And you know what? That's legit. You ever you ever just you know that it's dumb? Like you're just you see you see somebody and they're with somebody else and you go, I want to be with that person and I can't be. Yeah. 
and it's that that person is just not going to be into me and it's dumb and I shouldn't care and I know it's ridiculous and that is a person possessed of their own agency but I'm pissed anyway that's a very normal human emotion that people have to deal with yeah I kind of prefer Jesse's girl partly because it's so much pettier and meaner than my best <laughs> friend's girl like my best friend's girl he lost his girlfriend like they were dating and now uh, his best friend stole it. That that poor guy, right? That's more sympathetic. But Jesse's girl is much. Uh, I Jesse is a good friend. He's always been a good friend of his. We hear, and yet he is. He's not just like crushing on this girl. He's actively trying to steal her. Like he's looking in the mirror all the time, wondering what he's doing wrong. As if you know, I am. He's Mister Steal Your Girl. Fuck you, Rick Springfield. But like. <laughs> I, I I get that because like Rick Springfield is so his performance is so blue balled, you know, it like, is. That is an incredibly frustrated song. And there's like, I don't know what exactly what Rick Ocasek feels during my best friend's girl. Yeah, well, that's and that's by that's by intention, right? Like, that's yeah. the thing. And so I think when it comes to there are other songs by the cars and there are other things that Rick Ocasek has done um, in songwriting and song production wherein that sort of like hiding behind the sunglasses thing works better. If mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah. Like I said, like I don't know a single thing about Rick Ocasek because he was not like a real open guy. He didn't seem like much. It wasn't even like the looks of him. He was just like, did not seem like a rock star. Exactly. Like he was like the cars were peers with Blondie, but like you'd never com- compare him to like Debbie Harry who was like glamor and very open. And you'd see him on, see her on like, magazine covers or stuff like that or like i don't even like did rick ocasek even do a lot of interviews i don't know i mean he did stuff he did stuff um here's another thing to know the reason i picked jesse's girl is and uh i don't know how many people i don't know if we've ever actually mentioned this in the podcast before but uh so my uh spouse um Mm -hmm. the the co-host of the apocalypse book club raven jacobowski Listen on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, she has a thing about uh, songs with the word girl, where she will replace <laughs> the word girl with the word squirrel. And so it always works great. And it works great for both of these songs. You know, um, <laughs> I wish that I had Jesse's squirrel is 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 a banger. She's my best friend. Squirrel is also really good. But here's the thing. She does a bonus thing for uh, for Jesse's girl, which is instead of um, uh, where can I find a woman like that? She sings, where can I find a rodent like that? <laughs> and that is it. To me, the mixture of Jesse's squirrel and rodent like that. That's the best thing I've ever heard in my life. That's that. That's the person I married. And I like my I like my decision. And here's another bonus piece of information. Rick Springfield has one of the most celebrated, rare, complete collections. Well, maybe not complete, but largely complete collections of classic Star Wars figures in the world. <laughs> so right uh, there. If you don't look, love Rick Springfield after that. <laughs> well, uh, your your wife is uh, is very funny and great. It's true. It's true. And, and you are my best friend. Oh, so. oh, shit. <laughs> wait, when did, wait, wait a minute. When did, oh, did, did you, you not guys, know? Did you guys used to date? <laughs> no. Did she, did she used to be thine? No, no. 
Okay. Uh, All right. I, I guess if we go with the other one, it's like, I wish that I had Danny's. Go- Raven, don't listen to this one. I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, no. You know, I've, I've heard it. This came up in the comments, but I've heard theories that, you know, these are both about the same girl. Like Jesse's oh, yeah. girl is, is a prequel to my best friend's girl. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, yes, that is a good theory. But before we do the, the comments, I think it's very important that we answer three questions. All right. The three most important questions that one can ask about two songs. Question number one. One of these songs may continue existing in our world, but the other must be lost to the annals of time, never to be heard or thought of or even remembered ever again. Which is the one that must stay lest we all fall into apocalypse and despair? I, c- I can't imagine a world without Jesse's girl. I, I really cannot. And like you said, like my best friend's girl, like there are so many other Cars songs. Like I wouldn't want to, my best friend's girl to leave, but if I had to, like I have so many good car songs versus Rick Springfield's. We only have one truly great Rick Springfield songs. I mean, I gave a listen to his other stuff and all his stuff is, you know, pretty good, fine mainstream power pop, but Jesse's girl, that is the, the pinnacle. Even like, even if we were doing like just what I needed, the car's best song, I'm not sure I picked just what I needed over Jesse's girl. Honestly, Oh, I don't know about that. That yeah. is, that's really, that's I mean, really tough to say. Okay, yeah, I probably would go with just what I needed, but it would, it would still be a debate, you know. All right, uh, I agree. Second question: um, You can be a fly on the wall. You can experience from soup to nuts the entire uh, composition uh, through to final mastering of one of these songs and only one of these songs. Which is the one that you want to experience? I would like to see just what I need needed come together because just what I need I excuse me uh Jesse's girl because that's a that one's a little more complicated I feel like it's got a, a very weird riff to it like weird chord structure and everything I'd like to see that one come together and I'd like to see like the look on his face when he sings and she's loving him with that body I just know it like I just <laughs> I, I want to see him really ring every drop I want to see every take of that because that that feels like it'd be fun yeah. Um, hmm. I don't know. That's a that's a tough one for me. I think if if we're including like I get to go in time, go back, and I also am learning how to, to stain glass. <laughs> if I too am learning how to stain a glass, then sold. But only then. That's that's my condition. I really want to learn how to stain glass and watch Rick Springfield not learn because he's just so horny on Maine for this complete stranger. What is even a stained glass? What what, what do you make? Do you make windows? Do you install them into your house? What? Well, I think you're actually literally staining the glass and then like putting the pieces together. You know what? Here's the thing. If, if, if truly, if my wife is not off doing something right now, Raven Jacobowski, co-host of the apocalypse book club, get it wherever you get your podcasts would have the answer to this question. I know she would because she knows everything. Actually, now that I think about it, I would, if I could be in the cars and just maybe if I was in the studio, maybe I could help with the hand claps on my best friend's girl. Oh, that would be pretty great. I would, you know, just being able to say, yes, that's me doing the claps on my best friend's girl. I would absolutely live off of that. 
Oh man, that would be pretty great. No, I definitely for me, it, I, I've, I've got to be able to stand a glass. And then, <laughs> and, and you know what else? I would also, um, I would also take a stab. I would take a stab at Jesse's girl. I would, I would, <laughs> I would, I would chat her up just to see if I could succeed where Rick Springfield had failed. I, I read like on like he was on Oprah or something where they were trying to figure out who this girl was. Oh in, yeah, and they got really close. They found the uh, the class he was in, but they couldn't find the name of the girl because like all the records had been destroyed. He didn't even well, the know guy, the name. The guy who had done the class had just died, and they had got rid of all of his stuff. They'd thrown it all away, so they missed it by like a year or two. Like if they had done it two years earlier, they would have gotten their answer. But you know, I'm gonna say this for certain: that woman, if she is out there knows that the song is about her at this point. I don't think she does. I don't know, man. My gut tells me that she knows and does not want to be engaged by it. I think she's I think she's heard it and she's like, that's like good for you, boss, that you found success, but this is I mean, I don't know. But I think that it it's fair to say that um if she came at it as I'm not entirely comfortable with this and I never yeah. want to address it publicly, I think that would be completely legit. I would not blame her if that was what was going on. Put it that way. You ever see the uh, the interviews with uh, Delilah of Hey There, Delilah fame? Like, she is not comfortable with that, that song at all. Yeah, this is the risk, man. That is the risk of writing a song such as that. And this way, Rick Ocasek kind of comes out ahead because he didn't really write it about an actual person. You know, I, I, I'm going to say this again. Like, I really do feel like, like I can't believe like Rick Springfield didn't get any shit for uh, uh, ripping off my best friend's girl because they're extremely similar songs. And I guess. Just, I don't know. I don't I don't quite hear it the way that you do. Well, I mean, it's like a, it's got like that same kind of guitar riff with the dun, 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 dun. And like, you know, I maybe people didn't know it because my best friend's girl wasn't did not crack. The, it barely cracked the top 40. They were more of an album band, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, I listen to them, and I think the production is very different. And, like, I don't know. Rick Springfield, again, to me, is, like, more of a straight rocker in that song. Like, it's a little mm-hmm. more straight pop rock. And, yeah, I mean, like, the Cars is new wave. And I don't think of Jesse's Girl as being terribly new wave. I guess not, but it's still got that uh, keyboard riff on it. that, And it's kind of similar to uh, the, the keyboards on the, the Cars' first album. I don't know. Maybe I'm imagining it. And like you go to like their their last album in 1984 with the you might think that sounds that sounds very similar to Jesse's girl even though you know it came after. Well, there you go. I mean, yeah. that's that's how it you goes. You might so the, think I'm hysterical. Okay, I do. well maybe maybe I'm imagining things. I don't know. Anyway, right, what, was the, what was the last one? It's the most important question that any that anyone can ever ask about a song. William Shatner, great acting and performance legend can do a Shatnerized version of one and only one of these songs. Which must so- what which song must be shat upon? Which is the one? Jesse's Girl was written by an actor and it's very actorly song. Like and she's loving him with that body. I just know it. Yeah. I've done it. You've sold me. <laughs> I mean that was already where I was. I was trying to think like wouldn't it be interesting if um because there's like some like we talked about I I hold on I wanna like bring up the the car's lyrics just because like there's a couple lyrics in that one that um you've got your nuclear boots that's the one that's the <laughs> one right there what like, the hell are that's you? yeah what is that about in 1973 we had uh Elton John and his uh, electric boots 
and his mohair suit. And now we've got nuclear boots and drip-dry gloves. Uh, you know, the 70s were a, a weird time for fashion, that's true. But I, I have no idea what either of those mean. Regardless, I think it's got to be it's got to be Jesse's girl. Yeah, that's the Shatner song. I mean, that's not just uh, you know a song. It's also like a very specific scene. It feels like like a, like a, a scene in a TV show. Like you yeah. can just see him like scrunching his face. Like I feel so dirty when they start talking cute. Yeah, when are they t- gonna make Jesse's girl the Broadway musical? <laughs> oh man, they totally could. Just build it around that one song. <laughs> Well, my best friend's girl was the name of a movie, uh, like a Dane Cook movie. Oh well, they've ru- you've ruined it for me now. <laughs> uh, yeah, that one's just getting deleted off the playlist, I guess. The Cars' yep, first the- album has eight songs now. Yep, never listening to it again. Anyway, so uh, user comments or listener list listener comments. What right. what do people have to say? I want to hear want to hear what our listeners think. Which of these songs they prefer? All right, I, I did not write uh, this one down, but quite a few people have said that uh, both songs have uh, extreme big lesbian energy. <laughs> oh, that's listen, you know, that's so close to true. Did either of them mention a U-Haul? <laughs> no, then there's nothing gay about it. Okay. I don't, I don't know. All right. I get it. Well, right. and- Continue. Actually, quite here's one from Muddle Weight who takes it in the opposite direction. Says that goes with Jesse's girl because the character is messed up. There's nothing he even likes or mentions about the girl other than that she's Jesse. Her name doesn't even matter, but Jesse's does. That guy needs to either accept that his jealousy of Jesse doesn't have anything to do with that specific girl, or more likely that his real crush is on Jesse. Oh, yeah, Rick Springfield. <laughs> have you been to? Th- oh, I, I, yeah, go to therapy and talk about this song. Gur, that you wrote you wrote many decades ago. Gur, stop looking at my friend Jesse that way. Get that body of yours away from him. He's my <laughs> friend. That's a very I hadn't I hadn't thought about that, but there you go. Yeah, so uh in this case Rick Springfield is Jason Lee and Chasing Amy. Is well, Lee. Uh, I w- well, I was going to say in this way, um it's like it makes sense to me now because Rick Springfield eventually um one of the, the the things that he was in, I'm pretty sure I'll double check, but I'm I seem to recall him briefly playing the devil on uh, Supernatural, a show that was um, very unintentionally gay at the beginning, and then uh, people were like, you know what, people really like that, so let's just kind of play into it. Yeah, he 100 percent was uh, Vince Vincenti slash Lucifer. <laughs> In 2016 on Supernatural, just so that we're all on board. We all know about the fact that Rick Springfield played the devil on Supernatural, which uh, which is a which is a which is a very gay thing to do. Yes. Well, well done. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Bud Dog 18 states Jesse's girl's eye. And I know it might be wrong, but I'm in love with Stacy's mom. Oh, (laughs) see. I knew, I knew that there would be some third-party shenanigans in this episode. <laughs> I not fucking the, knew it. You're not the only person who brought up, uh, is she really going out with him either? Yeah, I'm not surprised by that. I'm really not. That's That makes a lot of sense to me. Like, I just think that this type of song, like I said, it's 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 the oldest it's the oldest job in, in all of human creation is writing music about the girl you can't have. Yeah. 
Well, like and now that I think about it, Stacy's mom is kind of descended from both. Yeah. Because Stacy's mom is like explicitly a Cars homage, and even there's even like a license plate that says "I Heart Rick" in that uh, Stacy's mom video, and with one C, so Rick Ocasek. Yeah. Okay. But you know, Jesse's girl, Stacy's mom. I'm in love with Stacy's mom. I wish that I had Jesse's girl. Like the. Wow, I never put that connection be- together before, but yeah. So yeah, Stacy's mom descended from both. Jesse's girl is my best friend's girl, and they birthed Stacy's mom. Got it. All right. <laughs> what else have we got? All right. Aaron Ruska writes, he just writes, moot. I don't know what that means, but uh, quite a few people in the comments really like the word moot. Oh, I someone should explain that then, because... Uh, I'm, I'm middle-aged and I don't get your, your youthful schlang. I don't know what you mean. (laughs) Jesse's girl uses the word moot correctly. Uh, And probably the only one that uses the word moot ever in a song. Oh, oh, that's a good point. But the point is probably moot. Yes. Continue. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. David Yurch right writes, Someone tells you that you have to listen to one of these two Ricks grouse about their love life. One looks like Rick Ocasek. The other looks like Rick Springfield. To whom would you lend the more sympathetic ear? (laughs) 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 I'm going to assume that's a that's a vote for the cars. Yes, I, I assume. Yeah. Finally, Celine Evagria writes. This is the battle of two people named Rick for me, and Rick without a K makes my best friend's girl the clear winner here, but looks like I'm in the minority here, but the point is probably moot. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, then, without further ado, I would like to know how it turned out. Was it a blowout, as you had originally surmised? Um, well, let, let, let me tell you. What did you think? What'd you, what's your guess? Um, my guess is, is still that Jesse, Jesse's girl is going to come out on top. I just think that it's the song that you're more likely to hear at a bar doing karaoke that it seems like the one that people are more likely to rock out to. And like you and I said, it's the one that Rick Springfield has really got. And there's a whole bunch of other car songs for Rick Ocasek to kind of um, rest his laurels on. So yeah, my gut says based on that stuff that it's going to go to Jesse's girl. You know, you say that, but like I saw like a live performance of the killers covering my best friend's girl and like the crowd just like lit up and they sang like the, uh, all the like the background chorus parts like in full like here she comes again and it sounded great so I was like wow I guess I guess my best friend's girl is still living on but here's right. the actual results let's do it for a total of 358 to 195 that's Oof. a 65 35 split that is Jesse's girl comes up out on top yeah yep. that's not that quite seems... a blowout but you know no, it's, but it's, it's a pretty it's big pretty... Mo- yeah it's how I it's how I thought it was gonna go that's that feels like i don't know if it's right but it's definitely what i suspected well you know i i was worried it was going to be like 80 20 so like and i didn't want to subject the cars to that so that you know 65 35 feels right to me that's yep i am comfortable that is exactly how much jesse's girl is better than my best friend's girl what's next you know what while we while 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 we wait for the okay to leave our houses again yeah we're doing this remotely everyone so like if when it becomes safe to do this again, maybe we'll get to see each other in person and, you know, come and visit because of this. Everyone, I stopped worrying about if it's a blowout or not. I don't care if this next one is going to be a blowout, which it absolutely is going to be a blowout. We're doing uh we didn't start the fire versus it's the end of the world as we know it. And I feel fine. 
Oh, man. <laughs> oh, gosh. I don't Bill- give a fuck anymore. Billy Joel, get ready to get roasted. <laughs> oh. Billy Joel, never roasted before. I'm not, you know what? I'm gonna, Maybe just just to be contrarian, I'll try and find reasons to, to say that uh, We Didn't Start the Fire is, is better. But this is really, we haven't tipped our hand this way in a while. But yes, if you've been on Twitter, then you know that I said that it would be a blowout because um, it's the end of the world as we know it. And I feel fine is like a billion times better in my mind than uh, than we didn't start the fire. Like to me, there's no competition, none. And I said competition. Yeah. So you should never, <laughs> never take anything I say uh, as worthwhile at all. But we'll, you know, we'll do our research. We'll We'll dig deep into these two songs and see if we can come up with some salient points that have perhaps not been said before. This is, you know, this is one that's like too obvious not to do, even if it's a blowout. And, you know, know. it's it's time. It's time. It is. This is if ever we I almost said to you at one point that we should just put this episode on the back burner and just skip ahead. Just put up the put up the poll and just (laughs) and just let's record it right now, because, you know, that the second that poll goes up, there are going to be a lot of votes. This is going, I predict this will be one of the most voted upon episodes. Please prove me right, listeners. <laughs> yeah, lots of ways to support the podcast, uh, most of which cost you nothing at all. Um, free ways to support Song versus Song. You can go on iTunes, give us five stars. You can write a review when uh, somebody asks you for a podcast that uh, they should check out. Recommend Song versus Song. I find that it's the kind of podcast that anybody can listen to. And uh, if you want to support us in a financial way, we have a Patreon. It costs you only $1 a month. You get a bonus episode uh, where we talk about a movie uh, musical kind of thing. And uh, yeah, and also check out uh, our sister podcast that I've only brought up three or four times so far. This episode It's called The Apocalypse Book Club. It's recorded in the same space that we recorded this show. Uh, it stars my uh, spouse, Raven Jacobowski, and someone else you might know, uh, Antonella and Sarah. Uh, they talk about apocalyptic fiction. Uh, from the birthplace of apocalyptic fiction uh, all the way through to the present day. And it's very good. So you should check it out. Oh, yeah. One last program note. Uh, I told I promised you we were going to do like the Christian movie that came out this month. We we are not going to be in theaters for obvious reasons. Yep. Uh, don't think you're getting out of this one, by the way, Danny. Like We will. I'm- we will eventually do it. Although now, you know, we had had plans. And I'll say this. Since we did a Rick Springfield episode. There is a part of me that says that we should go back and do Ricky and the Flash. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm sure we'll do that. Also, Rick Springfield once made a movie, but. Oh, gosh. All right. So we'll maybe we'll eventually get around to it for now. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting us, especially during this time. Uh, I know we both hope that we are uh, providing entertainment to you because obviously getting to read your comments and getting to interact with you has been a, a huge, huge, huge relief during this strange time. Yeah, uh, our podcast is both less and more important than ever. So we'll see you next time. Yep. Yep.